plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and yes, we're going to do it with style today. Welcome to our informational playground, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity, and I am your host, Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel, and I am so excited for today's show because I have a fellow major gardener on the show who is also a um, a radio gardening host of her own radio show in Florida. She is an author as well as um, as as well as a major landscaper. So if you love to uh, dig deep, as we know that most of us on this show love doing that, you're going to love what we're talking about with her newest books, A Gardener's Compendium. Um, these are different quotes and antidotes and stories. And so that is coming up right now in segment one. Well, her name is Teresa Watkins, and she is a horticultural landscape designer, a, a, a garden communicator, and she is, lives in the sunny state of Florida, as I said. But it's just amazing to me that she has attended to over 37,000 homeowners with her landscaping talks and programs. Welcome, Teresa, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Hi, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me on today. Well, I am so excited to have you because uh, I am a, a gardener with soul for sure. And this is like your tagline. You love to garden with soul. And uh, you have at the moment three. You, I think you're going to do, I'm not sure if it's eight or ten in your compendium series, uh, Gardener's Compendium. Are you doing eight? Uh, is that the plan? Right now it's scheduled to be eight. I have eight done. They're not all published. I just have three published, but um, right. eventually there will be eight in the series. Eight in the series. Oh, my gosh, because I know I was reading your bio and how you had uh, written 800 pages. Well, listen, we're first of all, uh, we I have to do our miracle moment, um, which is brought to the airways by Be The Star You Are. You can visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. And this quote is from Mother Teresa. And I actually got this quote that uh, and we, our miracle moments are always a quote, Teresa. But this quote is from a gardener's compendium. Um, volume three, which is Gardening with the Senses, and I love it from Mother Teresa. It is, in nature we find silence, the trees, flowers, and grass grow in silence. The stars, moon, and the sun move in insolence. Silence of the heart is necessary so you can hear God everywhere. In the closing of a door, in the person who needs you, in the birds that sing, in the flowers, in the animals. And I thought that quote was the perfect quote to start with, um, Teresa, because it seems to sum up how how we do move in silence. But, but when we're moving in silence, it seems that 
our souls are expanding. So let's um, go back. I want to go back uh, to your childhood because, uh, again, in reading your bio, one of the things that struck me is how you said you just grew up reading and loving reading. And and um, and one of the your favorite books was Lives of the Saints. You, you were the only other person that I know that loved that book. I loved it, too. <laughs> I loved it. Well, Butler, I, I checked it out of the library when I was seven years old. Uh-huh. And I loved it. And I read it over and over and over again. I wanted to be a saint. Yeah, that's what I was going to tell you that I decided I wanted to be a saint as well. And I actually have the book. I was it was given to me as a first communion gift. (laughs) And and, um, I I used to read just every single page. And for the longest time, I knew every, you know, the the, uh, feast days of all the saints. And didn't you didn't you just really desire to do that. And what I'm wondering is, uh, I wonder if that book had a big influence on the fact that we want to do well for others, that we want to help others and do, you, you know, because I think it, it might have. I, I didn't think about it until I read this about you. I think it makes us want to be of service and, yes. and and help others and and be compassionate and kind and give of ourselves. And because I always felt better when I made someone else happy. Yes, yes, and have a lot of empathy. That was me too, and that's what the whole idea of being an, you know, being a person who wants to empower others. You really want to lift them up, elevate them, right? Of so course. That to me is that is like the gardening with soul, because to me, there's nothing better than getting your hands in the dirt. And you talk about. Um, in your book, and I'm going to talk about first the introductions, and you have a different introduction in each book. And I always love the introductions of any book because I feel that gives me an insight into actually your personal spirit. And you say that growing up with you had um, there were six children. My family there were five, so both big families. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your your mom really didn't have time to garden. But as a little girl. You loved being in the sandbox. You loved getting dirty. You loved digging holes. You loved, you know, playing, um, playing, making mud pies and all that kind of thing. So when you finally got to going back to the dirt, which was a, a, a circuitous route, it was after your mom died. Will you go ahead and tell us the story? Because you actually worked behind a desk and then... Um, you know, you got laid off and you made a mention in here that if you could find the the manager who laid you off, you would say thank you. <laughs> I would. It, it was just because it gives hope to people that you can start being a gardener at any time. You can. Um, I worked white collar. I also did a hospitality industry uh, in the beginning, but then I was white collar in real estate. And there was a big corporate merger. It was a worldwide merger. And I was just one of the um, casualties. And uh, I was devastated. I've never been fired from a job before. I had never, ever did uh, poorly at anything. I've always excelled. And so this was a real big blow to me. And so uh, after that, I got a really good, you know, um, payoff. So, you know, parachute that I could just sit at home kind of and whine. Well, and that I would was go, the one blessing. <laughs> that, that was the one blessing. I didn't have to go and get unemployment right away or, or go out and work. Um, and, and so I would just go to my mom's house every day and just whine to her and just, you know, we would talk and I would do the dishes and, you know, help her out. And then we would go on walks. And um, unbeknownst to me that, you know, five months later, 
um, she would be diagnosed with cancer and die. And oh, so, so that whole time that I did not have to work, that I could spend time, you know, crying and yes. my mom telling me I was going to be okay, that, um, that I was spending the last moments of her life with her. So it, I thought I was depressed before when I got laid off, but after she passed away, I got even more depressed. And it was just the normal things because I had children. And so yes. I would get up, send them to school, um, then go to my bed. And I'd be up when they came home, fix some snacks, find out about their school day and everything. I'd have dinner already. And okay, now it's time to do your homework. And so then I would go back to my bed again. And that was just my way of life for almost six months. And then finally, one day I just said, okay, kids, I'm going to go in and watch Oprah. And I'll, you know, I'm just going to take a nap. And okay, mom, they were not babies. They, I mean, they were 10, 12, you know, four. 14 years old. So they were okay. And so I went in to just watch Oprah. And the next thing I know, I'm talking to my mom and I'm sitting at her lap and she's just brushing my hair and she's going, oh, you're going to be just fine, my darling. Oh, you're going to be just fine, my baby. And I was just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And I said, mama, what am I going to do without you? And she just put her finger in her, started shaking her finger at me saying, you're going to be just fine. And that was what she used to do when she would get mad at me. And I said, yes. Oh, don't, don't get mad at me. And so I said to mom, what am I going to do about my daughter? She was driving me crazy, new teenager. And right? she said, you just love her. And Aww. I said, okay, mom, I will. I woke up. I felt like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. I had spent time with my mom and it was time to go back to work. And that week I noticed that there was a Home Depot opening up in the, in the, in the city. And I went and I, I didn't want to do white collar. I didn't want to be responsible for anything. I just wanted to just, you know, get out and work. Just to, just to be, yeah. Just, just to, to be. be. Away, right. But exactly. you were actually placed in the gardening department. I was. It's kind of amazing to be outside and go ahead and tell the rest of the story. And, and so then I, I started digging, I you know, this. I started, you know, putting sod on pallets and driving forklifts and helping, you know, plants and showing people how to transplant and what to do. And I became a master gardener and got certification. And I, all of a sudden, you know, I said to my boss, I said, you know, and her last name was Gardner, which was so funny, my manager. And she said, wow. and I said, what do you think about us doing a monthly gardening um, uh, meeting? And we'll talk about gardening. And she said, that's a great idea. So I, we moved out all the lawnmowers and everything out of the, the lawnmower department and we put chairs up and we would get over a hundred people coming to these meetings wow. and do, and I, we would lead them and I would lead them. And so finally we got a call from Atlanta and they said, um, you know, what are you doing down there? And we're going like, what do you mean? Well, we're getting calls from Home Depots in Ohio and Indiana and Michigan. They're saying, why don't you have a garden club like Teresa has a garden club? And so, so they came down from Atlanta and filmed my garden club. And then they turned right around and started it. So I was kind of really proud about that. But I just wow. love. And you know, I want to just um, I want to go back there because to me, this is this is just uh, a wonderful story. You know, I mean, because you really had no gardening experience other than playing in the dirt when you were young. You didn't have yeah. any formal training, nothing. So you got this job at Home Depot in the gardening and then being the the uh, entrepreneur or the kind of person that wants to excel at something, you designed all this yourself and you became this master gardener. 
And, yes. I mean, and then you became a landscaper. And then and then now you, oh, how many years now you've been doing garden radio shows and all of this, you know, so you've really, I think this gives inspiration that when you set your heart to something, you know, when you find your passion and you go with it with all of your might, you're going to be successful. So Doors are going to open for you. That was just amazing. So the other stores started doing your Teresa's Garden Club. <laughs> yeah, they did. Well, they started, they made a whole program out of it. And I'm not mentioned anywhere, but, you know, it was exciting to be, you know, and give you them the inspiration. You were the right? Yeah. You were the inspiration. And so, and so that's, and so then I went to work for a private nursery and then I taught with the University of Florida and they, I just went in and they said, um, well, what are you going to do? This was a new program teaching how to be sustainable in the landscape and conserve water. And I was the only one that went in and said, I've got a plan. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. And I think we should teach it this way, this, this, and this. And so I was hired. And, and had uh, you ever, you had never taught before, right? No, you had been, ne- never. You had done white collar things, but before this, you hadn't been a speaker. You hadn't been doing lectures. You, you had you written newsletters at that no. point, or no. not yet? No, it's a complete (laughs) career change. Complete. Yes, it was a complete career change. I didn't know what I was doing. In fact, um, my boss, I would the first week that I was teaching, um, I would go in and say, what do you think? Um, You know, Tom McCubbin, he's also a very big garden celebrity here in Florida. And I would say, Tom, what do you think I should do this? And he would go, Teresa, it's your program. I went, okay. So I'd go back to my desk and I'd go, okay, I want to do this. And so then I would go back the next day and I'd have another idea. And I said, Tom, what do you think I should do? Can I do this? It was Teresa, it's your program. And I said, oh, okay. All right. So I went back to my desk and I went for a third day and came up with another idea. And finally it sunk in. I went back to my desk and I go, this is your program. And And you finally got it. It's yours. It's mine. Your your program. You do it. Yes. And so that's when I started doing it. uh, And, and, you know, just thinking outside the box and, 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 and trying to make it's successful by not doing the normal program. Now and that garden radio was that the uh, was that in your backyard that you did from 1996 to 2020? Is that 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 was show? my radio show that I did for the water management districts? Right. I I had the opportunity to um, to uh, develop that program and underneath the auspices of gardening, I would do a water conservation program because, you know, if you you think water conservation, how many people are going to listen to, you know, a water conservation program, but if you do it under the auspices of gardening and which is water is at the base of all gardening problems and success, you know, whether too much or not enough, you know? So um, I did the gardening show and it was very popular. I did it for 20 years and the radio station closed uh, two years ago. So I started doing podcasts and then Tom McCubbin, again, a really good friend of mine, he um, said, Teresa, I'm thinking of retiring. And I told iHeartRadio, you were the only one who could do the show. So I loved it. Yeah. Well, and it's so great because that that show um, that you started that you, I, I believe you started with Tom then in 2020, right? Um, yes. Yes. So this is better lawns and gardens. Then again, you can hear it on iHeart, iTunes, a lot of everywhere. Different- Everywhere, right. But it's on Saturday mornings on WFLA from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right? Right. It's live from 7 to 9 a.m. 
Yes, 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 yes. So um, why don't we just talk about that? I mean, that is just fantastic because I do want to um, ask you a little bit about some, uh, and, be, and then we're going to talk about your books too here, but um, the Better Lawns and Gardens because here in California, I'm on the West Coast, you're on the East Coast, and of course, we're in terrible droughts. You're having hurricanes and floods. And <laughs> we get a lot of so rain. So we don't have any water, and people are pulling out their lawns, and I'm constantly saying, don't pull out all of your lawn, and we need that green space, you know? It's a, it's a safety zone. <laughs> it so, is, and uh, it's also a resource um, for wildlife. Um, yes. Here in Florida, we have two um, butterfly skippers that uh, the St. Augustine grass is a host plant for them. So it's really important. It's important to have it. Yes, right. and, and we, I mean, and it's just, there's so many reasons for it. But one of the things that I've been telling people lately is, um, plant some clover, you know, because clover is nitrogen. <laughs> it makes it, it's, it makes its own nutrients. It keeps green and you're not going to need as much water. I mean, it does have the bees, which bees are good for pollination. Uh, but, you know, people are just, it, it's the whole water issue, how expensive water has gotten here. And, so and I, I really think that it should be expensive because people tend to overuse what they don't appreciate. And, you, and so you exactly right. And so by, by having the water, the, the, the plant is not the problem. The grass is not the problem. It's people taking care of it that don't right. understand that just because you're hot, you don't need to over the water, you know, over water the plants. I had one woman call my radio show in your backyard and she said, Teresa, I've had to replace my St. Augustine lawn three times in the last two years. And I'm oh going, really? And so I, I diagnose problems on the air. So I can only go by what they tell me. So I right. went to and I said, well, how often are you watering? She said, I'm only watering twice a week. Well, that's good. That's fine. That's, you know, okay. There's nothing wrong with that. How long? Right. And so then I said to her, okay, so I went through all the issues, couldn't figure it out. And I said, well, is your grass crinkly brown or is it, you know, slimy brown? And she goes, uh -huh. like, it's slimy brown. I said, well, <laughs> how long are you watering? She said three hours in the morning and three hours at night. Oh, she was yeah. watering 12 hours a week. Oh my God. Because oh she could God. only water twice a day. <laughs> or I mean, twice a week. And so I, oh. So, you know, That's people have this misconception that plants need a lot of water and it, no. they don't. If you have the right plant in the right place, rainfall should be sufficient. We just have, you know, water just, you know, in between those times to get it established or during periods of drought. Right. And, you know, it's interesting you said that about watering so much. Um, I've noticed that people who ha are living in apartment complexes or townhomes or something where water is included in their um, their rent, you know, or whatever it is that they're, mm -hmm. they're paying. And they take no consideration about the water. And so I had a, I had a similar thing with somebody that was watering their garden, just leaving it on like all day long. Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, everybody you're growing hydroponically. You know, yes. <laughs> you're yes, forcing that you're forcing that plant to need water. OK, right. because if you turn it off, then the plant starts to wilt. And the yes. symptoms for overwatering and underwatering are the same. Are the same. I know that yellowing, yellowing. Well, let's get to this with these wonderful compendiums. Um, and so we have time to talk about that. So uh, right now you have published three 
volumes of a gardener's compendium. Mm-hmm. And the first one was Gardening with Life. The second one is Gardening in Time and Place. And the third one is Gardening with the Senses. Now, your tagline on all of these is Gardening in a Twitter. Twitter oh, I was I really messed that up. Gardening in a Twitter world and 140 characters or more. So um, what I wanted to ask first of all about the tagline was when I first saw that tagline, I figured, oh, gosh, all of these, all the quotes, everything you're going to have in here is going to be 140 characters or less. But that's not true at all. You have lots of poetry. You have uh, articles. You have you have speeches from all, I mean, going back a thousand years. <laughs> and everything is so well researched because you have said that not only do you love reading, but you love researching. But one of your bugaboos was that so many quotes or um, sayings or maybe even, you know, speeches, whatever, have been attributed to people that they really shouldn't be attributed to. So tell us your journey in doing this. I know you've been collecting uh, collecting these compendiums of thoughts for a long time. So how did it get started? Well, when I was teaching for the university, I put out a newsletter and around the outside of the newsletter, I had a fantastic uh, uh, secretary. She would do all my newsletters and she was just very good at making them look very creative. And I would put the garden quotes all the way around. Now I say that as we or the royal we, she did it, but I would give her the quotes to use. And I just fell in love with all the different categories. And, you know, for each month or season, I would have appropriate, uh, you know, quotes and, and, and little phrases. And so I just started collecting all of them. But then when the internet and social media started and Facebook started and everybody started posting, um, all these different memes and quotes, I would, they would, I would go, that's not right. That person didn't say that. Marilyn Monroe didn't say that. And, you know, so I, I, found one that really hit my hit the 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 nail on the head and it, Abraham Lincoln said you can't believe everything you read on the internet and so that's on the back of my first uh, volume and that's so true so it takes out the context these quotes that people are posting and it could be any subject not necessarily just gardening but you have to understand the context and who said it to really get the meaning the gist and the symbolism or the feeling for the uh, for the actual saying. Yeah, you say um, what you do is you you uh, you go in there and you say that um, you've quoted you know a person, and then on top of that you'll say okay, but it's also attributed to this person and this person. How did you go to do the research to find out who it was actually attributed to? Well, we're just blessed in this day and time that we have access to libraries all over the world, uh, the internet, encyclopedias, uh, you know, the resources, the archives, uh, so many different, um, you know, uh, books that we would have to go to the libraries actually to read them, you know, 25, 35 years ago. Now you can read them all online. So I was able to do a lot of the research uh, you know, at home and in my office. Uh, and But then also I would contact the actual person who said it. So a lot of these that are still living now or the museums or the, um, the, uh, defi- or the different um, quotes uh, sources, I would contact, contact them directly and let them know. I love it. And then you also put hashtags. 
So that, I mean, the goal uh, with these books, I mean, obviously, besides just being fascinating, I mean, I read all three of them and, you know, I've marked all the ones that I really, really love. Uh, But what a great resource for anybody who, again, wants to do a newsletter or a speech or just wants to enjoy some of the historical, you know, relevance of um, quotes that belong to the garden. I mean, they're really, really fun. And you you have, besides these three, you have five more volumes already. I do. I Well, they're all written. And like I said, I would, you know, I decided to do the series. And uh, so they're all written, but I have other categories. And you know what? It's, it's become OCD where I'm just collecting them all the time when I see something. I will literally stop the TV set and 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 pause it and go back and put it down in writing exactly what, what I just heard. So what you I just do heard. Have- <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I'm a, I love quotes. I, I've been collecting quotes since I was a little girl. I have I have notebooks um, here in my library of me when you know when you did your um, printing, not even handwriting yet, printing quotes that started like in first grade when I first mm-hmm. learned to write. And but now I put them all on um, I put them all on a Word doc in my computer, and I. Th- I think my word doc is something like 400 pages long yes. now. I mean, the quotes. I, I'm not doing stories or anything, just quotes. Because to me, that gives quotes are just so amazing. They give us a, um, a focus for the day. And that's why I call them miracle moments. And I think that's wonderful because people sometimes when they're writing a card or sending a, you know, uh, a, a greeting or to comfort someone, they don't necessarily know what to say. They can just open up you know, my books and find just the perfect phrase for it because you can research it in the back. I have it indexed by the botanical name. So if you want to write something about palm trees or roses or delphiniums, you will find the the, the plant, the flower, um, and you can look up those quotes. It'll all be sourced. Or you can um, source it by the author's name or just by the context, the, the category, the topic. And I have it all indexed by, by that. Well, you also have it indexed by the hashtag, which I found just uh, incredible that you did that. And then your references you really have an incredible bibliography and resource section in each book, which shows that you really have researched it just um, amazingly. I mean, so, so much. But I can tell you get great joy out of this. So I do you have. Yes. So <laughs> don't you feel that your mom gave you, you know, it, her end was your beginning? basically. It changed my whole life. And I will have to tell you, that was the one thing she taught me so many things and I, and I miss her so much every day, but one of her greatest blessings for me was teaching me not to be afraid of death. Mm. And that was just uh, remarkable that, that I took that away. And, uh, you know, and I realized that we do have a soul when she passed, Mm -hmm. I was there. I do know we have a soul. So that's why my books are called Gardening with Soul, basically. But um, I I think that they're, I, I love reading my own books. I know. <laughs> that's what you emailed me, and I loved it. I loved it when you said, oh, let me know what you think. And, that you, and you said, oh, because I just love rereading my books. <laughs> and, like, I just pick it up, and it's inspiration. Yes, they are. Because, I mean, look, you have authors in here like you know William Cullen Bryan you have Shakespeare you have um 
Uh, Gertrude Jekyll. Oh, I love Gertrude Jekyll. All of all the things she did. You know, you you have um, Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Uh, you know, everybody. Robert Louis Stevenson. And then but I also have rap stars and Elvis Presley and <laughs> movie stars. And but the rap stars really tickled me. I said, Oh, I've got to have that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the. I think that's the beauty of your book is that. You know, you you have I see that I loved what Goldie Hawn said. I thought mm-hmm. that hers was really great about the lotus being the most beautiful flower, you know, the petals opening one by one. But so but you have people from history and as you said, still people who are living today who have um, have made a quote. So I have a quote that I that I coined many years ago and I continue to use. And so you can use it in one of your books if you would okay. like. Okay, I would is, love to do that. Okay, I will love to give it to you. It is failure is fertilizer. Put your mistakes on the compost pile and grow a new garden. And I love it. I, I use that quote for anytime anybody is saying, you know, I, oh gosh, I can't do it or I killed this plant or whatever, or just in life, you know, oh, I screwed up. I made this terrible mistake. Um Whatever. I just say, I figure that there are no mistakes. There's only lessons in life. Okay, so, so but now you got to tell me where you first said it. Um, where I first said it. You know, I, I have, have to, to I have to note that. Okay, I'd have to think about that um, because it's, it's really many, many, many years ago. It was probably with my kids, mm-hmm. you know. It's a lot of years ago because I just look at, I look at failure as fertilizer um, also because I really believe that if you don't fail a lot, you can't grow a lot. And that has nothing to do with gardening. It just sounds like it. But do you see what I mean? Is that the more we fail, the more we'll learn to succeed as long as we learn, because everything in life is a lesson and a blessing as long as we learn from our mistakes. So to me, failure is fertilizer. I agree and, with that wholeheartedly. Yes. And, you know, I did, I put that in one of my books, one of my first books of Be the okay. Star You Are. So I'll think about, I'll, I will um, yeah, think about when I first did it, but isn't it a good one? I think it's a good one. I think it's a wonderful one. <laughs> It'll inspire people. Well, let's <laughs> give people your website and let them know how they can get your books. Cause if they go to your own website, they can get autographed copies. Otherwise the book is are available anywhere. Books are sold and online and at Amazon and all of that. Uh, again, the name of the book is a gardener's compendium and there's volume one, two, and three are all available now. Volume one gardening with life volume two Gardening in Time and Place, and volume three is Gardening with the Senses. And then you have all these other ones all lined up to go. So as soon as you get some time, I'm sure to edit and and put it together, you will do that. I will. um, So your website is she-consulting.com. Is that the website you want people to go to? That is the website. And if they go and look under more, you'll see Teresa's books. Okay. And then also... You do, um, obviously, you were doing all kinds of talks and Zoom things and all of, all of that. And you have your landscaping company. So people can find out anything they want uh, from Teresa Watkins, W-A-T-K-I-N-S, by going to she-consulting.com. 
And I recommend that you do that. There's so much. There's so much to you, Teresa. You're just so much fun and so full of life. And you definitely are gardening with soul. Um, and I think you're gardening with for life because I think I think that gardening is a metaphor for life. You know, as gardeners, we are we're growing a life, right? We are. It, yeah. it, it, it's so empowering, and it and it, it just gardening watching something grow is so fulfilling and it there's no failure in it you always just learn how to do it differently that's right that's right and i feel that way i lose i lose i lose track of time when i'm in the garden and i i love being covered in dirt i just i like i like sweating and <laughs> i do usually you don't find me clean on my pictures my photographs are clean but usually i'm not <laughs> <laughs> yes, the same here. When I take pictures, the pictures look okay. It, but uh, somebody told me the other day, gosh, I'm going to take a picture of you while you're gardening because I'm always, if when I'm in my uh, garden, uh, when I'm working, I'm always mistaken for the gardener. I've had people come by and say, you know, I've, I've come by here and they sure work you hard. And I, and I said, yeah, you probably need to ask, ask to leave. You know, <laughs> because when I'm in the garden, I look, I definitely look like the farm girl I am. So. Well, that makes you feel good. Yeah, it does. It is just a pleasure speaking with you again uh, for our listeners. The book is or the books. Um, uh, it is a series of books. A Gardener's Compendium by author Teresa Watkins, landscaper, radio personality, as well as a horticulturist and landscape designer. Please find out more about her at she-consulting.com. And Teresa, just keep enjoying and um, congratulations on everything that you've done. And I love how supportive your husband is of you, too. I think that's amazing. Oh, wonderful. Thank you, Cynthia. This has been so much fun. Now you're going to have to come on my show one day well, and I we'll talk about your gardening. I would be delighted. You just shoot me an email and I'll be there. Oh, wonderful. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank Take care. Thank you so much. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. My guest has been Teresa Watkins with her books, A Gardener's Compendium, volume, volume one, two, and three. And make sure to tune into her radio show, Better Lawns and Gardens, available everywhere. I'll be back in a bit, so please don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, 
book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show. Well, I certainly had fun speaking with Teresa Watkins and finding out all about her books, A Gardener's Compendium, and they're really, really good, so I do recommend it. As F. Scott Fitzgerald said, life starts all over again when it gets crisp in the fall. Well, I want to say the earth trembled, the fires raged, the stock market crashed. I mean, October has notoriously become a month when disasters great and small occur. But no matter what transpires, life goes on and nature always prevails. So here in California, after a summer of extreme heat, cooler weather is such a welcome gift. And the benefit for gardeners is that the soil is warm, making it really perfect for rooting, especially when we receive a little bit of precipitation, which we haven't received yet, but we're hoping to get soon. So the next weeks here are going to be the optimum time to grow grass. Many lawns died during our heat wave and our, sh- uh, and our water shortages, of course, and green areas were replaced with succulents, rocks, and the sad thing was pavement. So if you want to seed or reseed or install turf, fall is the perfect time to do it because I really like a verdant lawn all year round. I have to have a little bit of grass. And this season, I plan on adding a little more clover to my, my grass because um, throughout the hot weather, I really was watching the lawn and how it, how it went because, you know, watering sparingly, I would provide just enough HTO to keep the lawn alive. But what I observed during our drought was that the clover interspersed with my grasses was always green. And even when I didn't water, because clover is a nitrogen fixer. And like all legumes, it takes nitrogen from the air and through a chemical reaction, it deposits it in the ground as an absorbable fertilizer. It's constantly providing fertilizer to itself and to the surrounding grass. So it helps the entire lawn look healthier, be healthier, and be greener. And because my clover is spread throughout my lawn, it makes my entire lawn appear to be green. Now, of course, if you only are a person that wants, you know, grass blades, straight grass blades, and you don't want those, those, um, the three-leaf clovers, I haven't ever found a four-leaf, but a three-leaf clover, then it wouldn't be for you. But I really think it's beautiful. And everybody that sees it thinks it's beautiful. Because besides providing nutrients to the soil, clover is also resistant to pet urine. So if you have a dog, you know, you probably get those brown spots on your lawn from the urine. But if you add clover, you'll have a more uniform green 
Now there are positive and negatives of planting the clover. And that is that the flowers attract honeybees. And I have both the, um, the rose clover, it's a pink clover, some people call it a red clover, and the white clover, and they make these little pretty, pretty little flowers. And of course, you mow it, you can mow it off if you don't want. But the bees, the honeybees love it. And as a gardener, I love honeybees in my garden because it keeps all my flowers beautiful. But Honeybees on a lawn can result in an unwanted sting if you happen to cartwheel on a bee or do like I did one time with um, my daughter. We were doing some bar movements and some yoga and, you know, I, I stepped on a bee and so that's, that wasn't fun. So you just have to be aware that bees are hovering and that will avoid any confrontation. They are not confrontational, but, you know, they will sting you if you are bugging them. So now, if you've ever been to um, the Oakland or the Mumbai airports, Oakland in California or Mumbai in India, you might have witnessed the beautiful walls of plants because vertical gardening is something that has become a really big trend, especially in places where there may not be any horizontal space, but there's plenty of vertical space. It's a mixture of plants that grow up and out as a living wall. And as our lawns and our lot sizes decrease, many people are discovering that embracing vertical gardens is just the way to enjoy nature in a smaller space. So no matter where you live, I encourage you to look into vertical gardens because it might be something to try out this season. It could be really, really fun. Now, in preparation for Halloween, we're getting close. There are many traditional endeavors that you can experience. First of all, it's time to harvest those pumpkins and gourds and winter squash. And if you don't grow your own, you'll find some funky as well as colorful pumpkins at the local farmer's market and at grocery stores. Now, apples, Asian pears, they're still hanging from the trees awaiting their reaper. So did you enjoy candied or carameled apples as a child during October? I know we did. We always made them. I still, you know, I still think about them. And they are so easy, um, easy to make. And there's a lot of fun recipes online that you can enjoy an old-fashioned treat. And it's a fun thing to do with your kids in preparation for Halloween. Now, if you were growing... Um, uh, corn this past year. So cut your corn stalks and use those in decorations. And don't forget to go and buy a bale of hay to add to your decor or a few bales of hay, because that really, you know, you put your pumpkins and gourds and things on top of that. And that really uh, adds to the atmosphere. And the great thing about it is, is after the holidays are over, and you can keep that out, you know, through Thanksgiving, because you can make a really pretty um, kind of fall festival decor, you can use the hay to cover up your newly planted vegetable patch or anything. The hay mulch keeps most weeds from emerging as the ghosts, the ghouls, and the goblins uh, before they begin their rampage. So I use hay a lot in my garden. And then how about building a scarecrow to hang in your front yard for the season? And then you can move it to your vegetable garden or your potager when the winter vegetable seeds sprout. Now, the next two months are really busy ones in the gardens because we have to prepare our beds for winter sleep. Now, chrysanthemums, belladonna lilies, pelagoniums, they're all in full bloom right now. And 
To me, they are a certain beacon of the blazing fall colors to follow. In some parts of the United States, fall colors have already emerged, but mostly here they're just starting. We'll probably get a good flush in the next two weeks or so. So what you'll want to do is uh, fertilize your lawns during the rain for faster absorption. And don't forget to reseed during the wet days as well. I find that that just works so much better. And pull any weeds you find in your garden before they develop seed heads, because the seed heads are what are going to scatter the seeds. If, um, if you have any cattails that are growing around a pond or, you know, in your boggy area, cut the cattails for an autumn arrangement. Every part of the cattail is edible. And that's something that most people don't know. Collect abandoned bird nests to add to a holiday uh, decoration. Make sure to repair any birdhouses because you'll have overwintering birds like bluebirds, chickadees, nuthatches, and that'll give them a warm, safe, cozy place to rest during the upcoming cold nights. And increase bird feeders in your yard as birds consume more food in fall and winter. And that also leads me to don't cut too, you know, don't maybe cut all of the berries and things off of your berry bushes and maybe leave a few because the, the birds will really enjoy them. And then you can tune up your garden by pruning back any overgrown shrubs. If you want to um, dig and divide up your iris rhizomes, do it now. And make sure to keep a few inches of the leaves on the stems and then bury the roots about two inches deep. And you can put them 18 to 20 inches apart. You can also give them to friends and neighbors so that they can grow them in their garden. Force your final produce to ripen by stopping watering. So a lot of people still have tomatoes and things in their gardens or peppers. Uh, this is, you know, it's the end of the season. But if you keep watering, it's you're keeping the plants going. Just stop watering. The fruit will be sweet and you can just... Um, you can harvest it. This is time to prune any berry bushes, and that includes any summer raspberries, blackberries, blueberries, and make sure to remove any dead canes and thin any new forming canes so that you'll have a nice um, shrub that you'll be able to get plenty of berries next year. If you're like me and you have hard clay soil, it is time to amend it with large amounts of compost or mulch. You really want to work it in and get that soil ready because, boy, having clay soil is really tough. Um, you can mulch with wood chips to prevent erosion and maintain the temperate soil temperatures. Or there's a lot of other things. You know, the hay is also another kind of mulch that you can use. But uh, mulch is going to be good for your garden. Now, if you have, uh, like I was just saying about tomatoes and peppers, and if you have things still hanging on some of your vines or your plants, you might want to can or freeze any of the leftovers before the rains come. Because once the rains start, which we haven't had any yet, uh, you're, they will rot. So if you know it's going to rain, go out and pick that fruit. You can propagate perennials now through root cuttings. And why don't you save the seeds from some of your favorite annuals, your herbs and vegetables by gathering, drying, labeling and storing. So I always I gather um, my seeds 
then I, if they are in a husk or anything, I strain them out. I put them on a tray to dry them. You can put them in a brown paper bag and label them, um, or you could put them in a jar, as long as there's no moisture, and then store them in a dark place. And But make sure they're labeled so you'll know. I did this with my arugula, and I already planted. I just took my seeds from last season and spread them in my garden, and I already have my arugula uh, coming up, which I'm so excited because I can't live without arugula. Uh, also, you want to harvest any of the other produce that you have by probably the end of the month. That would include your apples, your Asian pears, um, again, your peppers, Swiss chard. Now, Swiss chard will keep growing unless it freezes, but that's uh, something just harvest as much as you can. And something fun to do, and the kids like it too, is take the seeds from squash and pumpkins, first clean them dry them and then soak the seeds in salted water and then you can um, bake them at 375 in the oven until they're golden brown and you can sprinkle them with some salt or if you want to sprinkle them with a little bit of sugar um, that'll be a really nice healthy treat for you so I think that you'll really enjoy that and the kids love it too so if you're going to be carving pumpkins when you dig out all those seeds save them wash them dry them and soak them and then cook them. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed that this October, October is going to be disaster free. But just remember, whatever transpires in the freshness of fall will start anew. So happy gardening and happy growing. And do remember my motto that failure is fertilizer. You take your mistakes, you put them on the compost pile because you will be able to grow a new garden. Now, I only have a couple of minutes left um, for this segment uh, before we have to end the show. But I just wanted to give you a couple of tips if you are planning on traveling, because most of us have not traveled at all for, what, 18, 19, 20 months. And so if you are thinking of traveling, these are some packing tips that might help you. You want to choose outfits with similar colors, so you only have to pack a few pairs of footwear. That's, that's the heavy thing. And you can put socks and other smaller items into your shoes. And then bring a pair of flip-flops for the hotel showers and quick trips to the hotel lobby. I keep my flip-flops, if I'm going on a plane, I keep them in my bag, that my carry-on bag. Um, and I always put in some plastic bags so that I can put toiletries or laundry or to cover my shoes or just to keep clothing clean. So don't forget some of those plastic bags. If, um, if you are going somewhere like on a cruise or something, make sure to check the dress code ahead of time. So you may, may or may not have to bring formal wear, but you want to have the dress code. Lay your outfits on and out on your bed and then roll them together to avoid wrinkles. And since shoes tend to be the heaviest items, pack them near the bottom of your bag. I always put them in plastic bags because I think shoes are so dirty. But um, be sure to bring your prescription medications, sunscreen, moisturizer. Don't forget those portable chi uh, chargers and copies of your travel documents, including that proof of your COVID-19 vaccination, as so many places are now requiring to see that. Otherwise, you got to be tested or quarantined. So, uh, and also bring some face masks. You know, you may be going someplace it's not necessary, but, but if it is, you want to be prepared. And then make a list of everything you're packing. Take a photo with your phone as a handy reminder. And with your heaviest clothes, 
you know, jackets, shoes. If you're going on a plane just to reduce your baggage weight, wear those. I had a funny thing I did when I was in India and I had to wear so much stuff and it was so hot. But anyway, it was, um, it's a really good idea. So those are just a few travel tips for you. And of course, um, you can find a lot of packing ideas online as you can find everything. Well, I thank you so much for listening to Star Style Be the Star You Are every Wednesday live here, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. I am your personal growth success coach, and I love to bring you advice from experts from around the world because you can change your life make your dreams come true, and you can become a gardener just as Teresa did. So for more information about me or Star Style Productions, visit CynthiaBryan.com. To get in touch with the charity Be The Star You Are or make a donation, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. So cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And read a book this week because it's like a garden in your pocket. And I'm recommending a gardener's compendium. Now, until we celebrate next week, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self and get your hands in the dirt because it is great to be digging deep. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. Keep staring. Keep staring. Keep staring.